This is the text-to-speech podfic reading of Sanctuary by Sleebman 10. Chapter 1, Full Moon Remus paced back and forth along the front lawn of Black Forest Hall. No matter how many transformations he'd been through, the next one could always be a disaster. He was always riddled with anxiety the morning before a full moon and today was no different. Sirius was watching him from the check-in station he and his colleagues from St. Mungo's set up at the entrance. He knew this was how Remus handled the anticipation of the full moon, but it didn't make it any easier to watch his lover go through it month after month. With most of the queue checked in, Sirius stepped away. A pair of hands slid around Remus's hips, stilling his movement. He breathed in the familiar scent and let it calm him. Mooney. It'll be alright, Sirius said in his ear. Remus let his breath out, letting Sirius's proximity calm him. Sirius had been busy checking werewolves into the hall and giving them an initial examination before the full moon hit. People had been skeptical that the former Black Air was starting a werewolf and house elf sanctuary on ancestral black land, of all places. But even with the implied fuck you to the noble and most ancient house of black, the lack of recent werewolf attacks and the dwindling injuries would imply that Sirius, Regulus, and their team were onto something. Werewolves came from all over the country, including some that apparated in from other countries to transform somewhere safe and be cared for by the medical staff on standby at Black Forest Hall. Sirius's mentor, Damocles Belby, was in full support of the project, going as far as asking the werewolves to sign waivers allowing for medical research on lycanthropy. Damocles was there now, chatting with some of the junior healers that Sirius had engaged to help with check-in and first aid. It had been a lot of work for the Black Brothers to restore the hall, following the battle with Voldemort that had almost wiped out the entire family. But it helped both Sirius and Regulus come to terms with their trauma while trying to help others. Regulus was currently hiding in his room, and would be leaving for Grimald Place soon. He still did not like crowds and was never certain that he was entirely safe at Black Forest Hall on the full moon. Besides, he took these opportunities to visit the other property he was now custodian of to spend some quality time in his father's library. Sirius could see him now, watching from the window. He gave a small wave and Regulus nodded at him before disappearing from view. Did you eat? Sirius asked, turning his full attention to Remus. Remus rolled his eyes at him. I'm not a child. And that's not an answer. Sirius said, leading Remus inside to the kitchen by the hand. There were large platters of food set out for a pre-full moon meal. Not everyone experienced the same symptoms, but Remus was always ravenous before a transformation and so were many of the other werewolves who frequented the sanctuary. It was better to eat before transforming than to transform hungry and have the wolf decide it was a good idea to hunt other animals in the surrounding forest. Sirius grabbed a plate from the counter and filled it with the things he knew Remus liked. Remus sighed and let him do it, he knew better than to not let Sirius fuss over him. They sat down at the table and Sirius pulled him close. I would have cooked for you, but you know creatures scrambled eggs are way better than mine, he said into Remus's neck. Remus felt his face heat, remembering the origin of their scrambled egg inside joke. Yours were pretty good last night. Remus murmured. Sirius chuckled and kissed him.
They were still lingering over each other when they heard a crash and a muffled oath. They looked up to see James hauling a struggling Harry into the kitchen. Harry had been running around on the lawn while James had been directing Creature and the other house elves to safe areas on the property. Really lads? In front of the kids. James said, wagging his eyebrows suggestively at them and setting his son down on the floor. Harry immediately got up and dove at Sirius, who caught the toddler and pulled him into his lap. We've had to put up with you and Lily for how long? Sirius said, raising an eyebrow. James swatted his arm and took Harry from Sirius's lap. Harry had other ideas and grabbed a handful of Sirius's hair in an effort to hang on to his godfather. Ow! Sirius yelped. James let him go in mock defeat. I see who the priority is here, he said, ruffling Harry's hair. Come on, Harry, let go. You can stay with me. Sirius said, settling the boy on one knee and guiding his hand away. How do you get him to do that? He never wants to sit still. James said, pushing his spectacles up on his nose. Sit still. Harry exclaimed, drawing laughter from the adults. Listen, mate, let's let Mooney eat and we'll get you something too. Sirius said to Harry. Are you going to stay? he asked James. Yeah. Lil's on her way to take Harry home. James said, offering Harry a dinner roll, which he promptly shoved in his mouth. While it had been James's day off, Lily had gone into the office. More roll, daddy. Harry said imperiously. Please. James prompted him. Please. Harry repeated. James handed him another roll. How's the investigation? Sirius asked James in an undertone. He knew James had been trying to track their former friend turned literal rat, Peter, but he kept running into roadblocks. Remus looked around, alertly. James sighed. Dead end, as usual. Moody keeps telling me to leave it alone and he'll eventually resurface. The three of them exchanged significant looks. They all knew James wouldn't leave an investigation unfinished, especially when it concerned finding Peter and making him pay for the damage he caused. But James was trying not to let it consume him. The flu ignited and Lily stepped out. She shook her hair out and smiled at the assembled group. Mommy! Harry leapt off of Sirius's lap and attached himself to Lily's leg. Well, hello there, love. Lily said brightly, picking Harry up and swinging him around. James came over and kissed her. Well, hello there, love, she said in a completely different tone, looking up at him through her eyelashes. James smiled at her. Sirius rolled his eyes. And Prongs wants to give us a hard time. Honestly. Remus gave him a small smile and squeezed his hand, as he finished his dinner. I only came by to take Harry home, do you have everything you need? Lily asked. Serious, do you have enough of that salve you make? Yup. I made a large batch, and we also have painkillers and the sleeping draft. Sirius responded, ticking off his mental list. Okay. She picked Harry up and brought him over to James. Say bye-bye. 
Harry wrapped his arms around James's neck for a moment and James kissed Harry on the forehead. Bye-bye. Harry said. Be careful. Lily said, leaning into James, who slid his arms around her and rested his chin on her head for a beat. Listen to mum. James said to Harry, then kissed Lily again. She stepped into the fireplace and was gone. A large clock began to toll as James stared after his family, bringing him back to reality. Sirius had installed the clock he bewitched to count down to the next full moon. An hour to go. Some of the assorted werewolves that either lived at Black Forest Hall during the month in the residential section, or just checked in to transform, started wandering into the large dining room and filling up plates of food. Did you eat? Remus asked Sirius as he watched him direct traffic. Don't worry about me. Sirius said. You're ridiculous. They can figure it out. You need to take care of yourself too. Remus chided. Yes dear. Sirius said, smirking at him. James came back over with two plates and shoved one at Sirius and winked at Remus. The three of them sat at one end of the table and the others filled in around them. All right, Remus. Paxton Hartsmeyer said. He offered Remus his hand and Remus shook it. Good to see you, Pax. How are you doing? Better this month than usual, thanks to you lot. Paxton and Remus had known each other from Remus's time in the wild pack and he had just managed to track him down before the last full moon. Paxton was now a resident in Black Forest Hall, and Remus was helping him find his footing back in civilization. Paxton pulled a chair out and sat down. There's another one of us I know who's been living rough, he said. Bring him along. Remus said immediately. You know we've got plenty of room. I will, thanks. He's skittish so I hope he's open to it. Give me his name, I'll write to him. Remus had done most of the outreach to the werewolf community in the first place, especially among the packs he frequented during the war. At first many of them were wary of the idea of the sanctuary, having never been treated well by wizards in the past, but most came around as time went on and word of mouth spread. After they finished eating, Remus headed outside flanked by Sirius and James. Paxton stayed behind to wait for some others that he knew. There were a few werewolves milling around in the woods and some who were hanging out in the meadow. Sirius kept his hand on Remus's back, feeling the heat radiating off of Remus's skin and his quickened pulse. Remus took a few deep breaths and waited. The first time he transformed here it had been just the three of them, like in their Hogwarts days. After word started spreading of a werewolf sanctuary that had a safe place to transform that didn't include anyone being locked up, they had anywhere from twenty to thirty werewolves gathering at any given full moon. The sky was darkening and Sirius could feel the tremors under Remus's skin. He squeezed his hand and let him go. Even with so many werewolves present, Remus was still self-conscious when it came to James and Sirius watching him transform. They respected that, and retreated until the transformation was over and the howling of thirty or so werewolves met their ears. They transformed themselves, into the stag and the dog, and waited in an out-of-the-way corner of the meadow. A couple of the wolves approached Padfoot and Prongs to smell and they allowed it. 
When one wolf bared their teeth at the other animals, a large, gray wolf snapped at them and chased them away. Mooney howled and Padfoot joined in, then Mooney took off running. Prongs and Padfoot ran after him. There were a few wolves who chased them but most ignored them and went about their business. When the sky began to lighten, Padfoot and Prongs again retreated to the edge of the meadow and transformed back into humans. James watched for a moment and then turned to Sirius. Go home, Prongs. Sirius said. We're fine. James nodded once and apparated. Sirius's eyes sought Remus, who was laying on the ground about fifty feet away. He sat down in the grass and drew Remus's head into his lap. Mooney. Yeah. Remus said, barely audible. Are you all right? No unusual pain. Remus murmured. Do you want to rest here or at home? Home. Okay. I will get you there in a few minutes. Let me check in with the other healers. Sirius said, stroking Remus's hair. He stood up and carefully situated Remus on the ground. Two of his colleagues had set up a first aid station closer to the house and were tending to some minor injuries. How is it looking? Sirius asked Hestia Jones, a senior healer like Sirius, who was mending a deep scratch one werewolf had acquired across her chest. Not bad. No serious injuries reported so far, she said, looking over her handiwork and sending the werewolf on her way. Good to hear. Sirius said. I'm going to take Remus home, but I'll be back to help out. She nodded, turning her attention to another werewolf who had a broken wrist. Sirius made his way back to Remus. All right if I apparate us, darling. Remus nodded once and Sirius gathered him in his lap and apparated back to their house. Once in their bedroom, Sirius helped Remus into bed and tucked the blankets around him. Is there anything you need? Sirius asked. You. Remus whispered, pulling him toward the bed. Sirius knew he needed to go and help his colleagues, but there was no way he was going to deny Remus anything, especially in his current state. Plus, he was very tired himself. Sirius climbed into the bed next to him, pulling him close. I'm here. Sirius whispered back. They both promptly fell asleep. A few hours later, Sirius woke. Remus was still fast asleep so he carefully disengaged and pulled the blankets up around him. He adjusted his clothes and put his shoes back on. He apparated back to Black Forest Hall to find Damocles and Hestia in deep conversation, but no werewolves were still at the first aid station. Black, nice of you to join us. Hestia smirked. It is nice of me, that's true. Sirius quipped. Everyone is resting comfortably. Yes, things are under control. Hestia admitted. Good. Damocles watched the conversation between them before interjecting. I just came by to see how the project is going, Black. It looks like you're onto something here. None of these wolves seemed violent if their lack of injuries are any indication. Thank you. I appreciate that. Sirius said. I have to head back, I'll see you tomorrow. 
Damocles said. Yup, I'm on in the afternoon. Sirius replied. Damocles nodded and went inside toward the fireplace. We're about ready to wrap up here. Hestia said. Of course. Sirius said, leading her inside and handing her an envelope. Thank you for all of your help. She took the envelope. People find it hard to say no when they're well compensated, Black, see you tomorrow. She stepped through the fireplace and was gone. Sirius went around and made sure the werewolves who were staying were comfortable and then he sent a message to Regulus that it was safe to come back. Then he went back home to Remus. Remus was still out cold, so Sirius shed his jacket and his shoes and climbed back into bed and curled around him. It was so easy to pretend they were the only people in the world, especially in this big, quiet house. Sirius could feel Remus's heat radiating through the sheet and it was enough to make him feel warm and secure. Chapter 2 Experimental Research Black, can you stop by before you leave? Damocles said, sticking his head out of his office as Sirius was hurrying by. Sure, of course. Sirius said, backtracking. Everything all right? Yes, Damocles said cryptically. See you in a bit. Sirius's shift had been a busy one. Even though the war was over, there were still aurors who did dangerous things and needed medical attention, and tonight was no exception. The aurors that had been brought in were not ones that Sirius knew, but he was always relieved that it was not one of the potters. He had been assigned to one who looked as though he'd barely left Hogwarts. They stabilized the aurors and they were resting comfortably, but even after that emergency, Sirius had no shortage of patients who needed tending to. Even though he was exhausted, he produced himself outside of Damocles' office when his shift was over and knocked. Rough shift. Damocles asked, giving Sirius a once-over. Sirius was sure he looked a mess. You could say that. Sirius said. He was not much in the mood for small talk and hoped his mentor would understand that. You know I've been working on some experimental treatments. Damocles said, going over and retrieving his notebook. Yes. It was a branch of healing Sirius was eager to get into, he just hadn't had much of an opportunity yet. Take a look at this. Damocles handed him the notebook and Sirius scanned the page. A potion for werewolves? What would it do? Sirius asked, intrigued. He had gone into healing with the lofty goal of curing lycanthropy, after all. Ideally, ease all of the effects of the full moon on the subject. So, make the transformation itself less painful, or make them not transform at all. Sirius said, thoughtfully. I don't know if that's possible. Damocles admitted. But if the werewolves were able to keep in their right mind while in wolf form, then they wouldn't be seen as such a threat to others. Sirius finished for him. Exactly. They were quiet for a moment, then Damocles said. So, will you help me? Me? Sirius said, surprised. You know more about werewolves than anyone else on staff. We might be able to do some trials if the werewolves at the sanctuary allow it. Yes, of course, anything I can do. 
Sirius's head was spinning as he flew home. This was a big opportunity professionally for him. But it was also an important personal opportunity too. If he could help make Remus's condition more livable, Remus's quality of life would drastically improve. He stepped out of the fireplace in the library and the man in question was sitting on the sofa, reading. Remus looked up and smiled at him and he dropped onto the sofa with his head in Remus's lap. All right? Remus asked, putting his book aside and turning Sirius's chin so he could see his face. It was a long shift. Sirius said, closing his eyes as Remus ran his fingers through his hair. After a moment of enjoying the sensation, he said. Careful, Mooney, we might be sleeping here tonight. Then get up so we can go upstairs. Remus said. Sirius heaved himself out of Remus's lap and stood up. He held his hand out and Remus took it. They were quiet for a moment and Remus looked at Sirius sideways and asked, what happened? A few Aurors got into trouble, not anyone we know. Sirius said, as Remus opened his mouth to ask. It was, a lot. And you know, normal stuff too. What happened to the Aurors? Some dark curses, shit I'm sure people in my family knew but, yeah. We got to them fast enough so there shouldn't be lasting damage. You did the best you could. Remus said, quietly. They reached their room and Sirius asked. How was your day? Quiet. I spent some time getting things ready to show Regulus for the school, you know, so we can make it official. Remus said. Part of the Black Forest Hall Sanctuary was going to be a school for werewolves whose education had been interrupted or stopped altogether due to their condition. Remus had taken on the project with enthusiasm as soon as Sirius and Regulus had proposed it to him. He had started teaching some informal classes in the winter to get the kids interested in school again and hoped to make things more official by the fall. It'll be brilliant. Sirius said, smiling at him. Remus reddened. He always appreciated Sirius's unwavering belief in him, even if he didn't always believe it himself. Once in bed, Sirius said. Damocles is researching an experimental treatment for lycanthropy. He watched Remus closely for his reaction. Really? What is he hoping to do with it? Remus asked, carefully neutral. He's not sure yet. He wants me to work with him. Sirius said. Maybe it'll help. Remus hugged him closer and pressed a kiss to his temple. All of your effort has helped. Black, you get the right side, Jones, the left. Damocles ordered. On my count, one, two, three. The three healers worked seamlessly moving their patient from the magically floating stretcher to the bed. Once the patient was on the bed, they made short work of stabilizing her and moved on to the next one, once another healer whisked her away to a room on another ward. Emergency duty was always exhausting. Sirius was at the end of his cycle of shifts and he was relieved. This was physically and magically draining work. While he never complained about the assignment, he preferred the more cerebral and challenging work of supporting long-term patients and researching cures. As their shift came to an end, Sirius exchanged handshakes with the team that came to relieve them and headed toward Damocles' office. 
I brought the pain-killing potion we use at the sanctuary. Sirius said, pulling some vials out of his pocket. Great. Thank you. What recipe do you use? Damocles asked, opening one of the vials and pouring it into a glass bowl. Our own, Lily Potter and I enhanced the recipe we learned at Hogwarts. Can you bring it? He sniffed at it and passed his wand over it. Sure. Sirius made a mental note to check with Lily when he saw her later. Why did you change it? Damocles asked, pulling his notebook in front of him. Well. Sirius hesitated a little. He needed to also ask Remus if he was okay with Sirius talking about him with Damocles, even for research purposes. He didn't want to breach the trust he and Remus shared. I found that it wasn't strong enough to provide enough pain relief after a werewolf transformation. Damocles nodded and made some notes in the notebook. Were there any other potions you modified for werewolf use? We've used a Dibney-based cream and a burn salve. Can you bring me samples next time? Sure. So I guess the question is, what is the worst part of the werewolf transformation, what should we be focusing on? Sirius was quiet for a moment. I guess I can't really answer that since I'm not a werewolf. Damocles looked at him for a moment before he spoke. Would Remus be willing to talk to me? He asked the question tentatively, knowing how protective Sirius was of his partner. I can ask him. Sirius said. Caffeine or alcohol? Lily asked as Sirius stepped through the fire in the potter's living room a bit later. I look that bad. Sirius said, with a tired smile. He kissed Lily on the cheek. Yes, she said with a wink. Alcohol, but I'll wait for James, he said, removing his leather jacket and hanging it on the peg next to the fireplace. He'll appreciate that. Lily said, heading into the kitchen. Remus had sidled into the living room and was waiting for him by the sofa. All right? Remus asked, sliding an arm around Sirius's waist and pulling him in close. Sirius slumped a little against him, letting some of that work-induced tension go now that Remus had him. Tired, he murmured into Remus's shoulder. Missed you. Remus huffed a little and leaned against the sofa while keeping them both upright. I see we're not speaking in complete sentences. Full sentences. Overrated. Sirius said, burying his face in Remus's neck. Remus smiled and angled to kiss him softly. As he did so, he gave Sirius's hair tie a gentle yank and his hair came cascading down to his shoulders. Sirius only ever wore his hair pulled back when he was working and Remus didn't think it suited him. He ran his hand through Sirius's hair a few times before he came back for another kiss. They would have stayed like that until Lily commented if not for a small body slamming itself into Sirius's legs and knocking both of them off balance. Remus staggered a little, but Sirius caught him before he fell over completely. Uncle Sirius! Harry exclaimed. Sirius grinned at his godson and let go of Remus to pick the toddler up. Careful there, mate, you almost knocked us over. Sirius said, settling Harry on his hip. Harry grinned and held out a stuffed snitch to Sirius. Oh, I see. Very impressive, 
Harry. You'll be on the Gryffindor team in no time. Sirius told him. He took the toy and threw it. Get it, Harry. The team will win if you get it. He set the giggling toddler down, and he immediately took off after his toy. You're making your godson fetch. Isn't that your job? Remus said with a smile. Only for you, Mooney. Remus nudged Sirius toward the kitchen, where Lily had several pots going for dinner. Rough day. Remus asked as they started getting place settings out of the cabinets. I know why they want the young healers to do emergency duty, it takes a lot out of you physically, Sirius said. You. Not as rough as yours. Remus said. Taught a class in the morning, then tutored Paxton and a few others for a bit. How about you, Lil? Lily shrugged. Moody's got me brewing some potions for Merlin knows what and I did a bunch of paperwork. And now my son thinks he's playing Quidditch for the national team, she said the last bit with a smile. Speaking of, do you have the recipe for that painkiller? You know, the one we use at the sanctuary? Sirius asked, sensing an opportunity. Hmm. Let me see. Lily said, going over to the shelf where she kept her potion recipes. Did you forget how to make it? No. I need to verify the measurements, I play with them sometimes. So my boss, Damocles. He's doing some experimental research about werewolf transformations. He was asking about the potions we use at the sanctuary, he wants me to help. Sirius said. Oh, I know him. He delivered Harry. Lily said. Sure, I'll look for it and owl it. Thank you. I know you're organized enough to write it down. Sirius said, with a wink. Lily gave Remus an eyebrow and they both grinned. I don't know how I'd deal with you lot if I wasn't organized. I can take care of myself. Remus pointed out. True. You always were the sensible one. Lily said. Remus leaned into Sirius and smirked. Apparently not sensible enough. I should be offended by that, Mooney, but I'm not. Sirius said, giving him a squeeze. Their conversation was interrupted as the flu roared to life and they heard a pair of boots being removed by the fire and a small pair of feet running and yelling. Daddy! James appeared in the doorway with Harry in his arms and grinned at the assembled group. He was still wearing his aura robes, though open at the collar, and Harry must have knocked his glasses askew. Lily went over to him and kissed him hello. Dinner soon, love, she said, trying to disentangle Harry from his father's neck. I'm going to change. James said, and went upstairs. Lily handed Harry off to Remus and was putting the finishing touches on dinner. Sirius followed his chosen brother upstairs. All right, prongs? Sirius asked, as he leaned in the doorway of James and Lily's room. Yeah, you know, the same old shit, James said with a tired smile that Sirius recognized. Long day is all. I hear that. Sirius said. James pulled on a t-shirt and jeans and hung his robes in the closet. You still looking for, you know? Sirius ventured.
They didn't say his name if they could help it. Yup. Still no leads. Let the bastard rot like the rat he is. James said. Sirius nodded, letting the subject drop. He didn't want to put James in a worse mood about something he had no control over. You look tired. Sirius observed. Thank you, mother, James replied, tartly. Sirius rolled his eyes. Something bugging you, he asked. James sat down on the bed. No. Not really. He paused for a minute and fidgeted with his glasses. Those newbies who got hurt earlier this week, one of them was on my team and I just, I should have been there. Sirius sat down next to him and slung an arm around his shoulders. It wasn't your fault. I was on duty when they got brought in. You couldn't have blocked those curses. You would have been cursed yourself. Yeah, just one of them came back to work today and... I must sound completely mental. James said, rubbing his eyes tiredly. Mental? No. Like you have a hero complex. Yes. James smirked at that and shoved Sirius with his shoulder. Shut up. They went back downstairs to find Remus setting the table. James went to the refrigerator and pulled out beers and pumpkin juice for Harry. Sirius went and took an object out of his jacket pocket and brought it into the kitchen. He tapped it with his wand and it resized. I brought dessert. Effie's biscuits. Thank you. I still can't get them right. Lily said, shaking her head. You keep feeding me, I'll keep bringing them over. Sirius said, with a wink. She swatted at him with the spatula she had in her hand. No flirting with my wife, Pads. James said, coming back into the kitchen. Sirius quirked an eyebrow at him. I haven't been interested in a woman in years. Sirius said. No offense, Lil. Let's keep it that way. Remus said, sliding his arm around Sirius. I like it when you're possessive, Mooney. Sirius said, nuzzling into his neck. This is all great, but would you mind taking this in the dining room? Dinner's ready. Lily said impatiently, flicking her wand at the food. They made their way into the dining room and James scooped up Harry and put him in his high chair. How are classes going, Mooney? James wanted to know. Pretty good, still kind of informal, but the kids are showing up, that's kind of the first hurdle. Remus said, passing the potatoes to Lily, who took some chunks for Harry. There's a couple of kids who left Hogwarts though, I feel for them. Why'd they leave? I'm sure they could have figured it out. Sirius said, thoughtfully. Well, my parents advocated for me, not everyone's parents would do that. Remus said, quietly. And Dumbledore didn't, you know, fix things for them. James asked, frowning. If their families pulled them out or didn't want them to attend, there's really nothing he could do, said Remus. And that was really why there was the need for the sanctuary in the first place. Because kids who were bitten often got cast out of their families to live like vagrants. They were quiet for a moment. Both James and Sirius knew the lengths they went to to make Remus feel accepted, 
but they also knew they were the exception not the rule. Anyway. Remus said, aware of the awkward silence that followed. Harry broke it by trying to throw his cup, but it floated up instead, the liquid freezing in the air. James and Lily looked at each other and laughed. Is that the first time he did that? Sirius asked them. This, in particular, or magic in general? Lily said. Um, both, I guess. Sirius said. He's done magic before, but this is a new one. James said, guiding the juice back to the table with his wand. Harry, we don't throw our cups. Harry took the cup back and grinned at his dad. Are you and Regulus planning any more additions to the hall? Lily asked Sirius, as Harry settled down. Yeah, we're converting some of the space into more classrooms, and still hoping for a Quidditch pitch, but there's a wait list apparently for that even if you're the head of the Black family. Sirius said. A wait list? Why? James asked. We could probably build it ourselves. Regulus and I have become well versed in this nonsense. Apparently, there are only like three companies that build regulation Quidditch rings and they are all booked up for at least a couple of years. But we have started collecting old brooms in the meantime, if any of the residents fancy flying practice. Sirius said. I might have one or two around that I can donate. James said, thoughtfully. Thanks, while we have plenty of money, donations are always appreciated. Sirius said. It's delicious by the way, Lil. Thank you, she said, grinning at Sirius. You just like it when you don't have to cook. I mean, Remus is really a better cook than me, he said, flashing a grin at Remus, who squeezed his knee. When they finished eating, Sirius and Remus took their leave so the potters could put Harry to sleep. Want something to drink? Sirius asked when he and Remus got home. Sure. Remus said, as they settled in the library. Sirius poured glasses of whiskey for both of them and handed one off to Remus. Remus was watching him closely, sensing there was something on his mind. Is everything okay? Sirius nodded, scooting closer and resting his head on Remus's shoulder. There was one other aspect to the project Damocles wants me to help with. Sirius started. Remus waited, allowing him to weigh his words. Would you be willing to talk to him? Tell him what transformations are really like so he can figure out how to help. Remus was quiet for a moment, thinking it over. This was something he never really talked about. Not even to Sirius. But if it could lead to something that could help both him and other werewolves, he was willing to try. Yes. Yes, of course, I'll talk with him. You will. That's great. Sirius grinned up at him. What do you think he wants to know? Remus asked. I'm not exactly sure. But nothing you feel uncomfortable with. Remus let his breath out. Okay. Chapter 3, Professor Lupin From where he was getting dressed, all Remus could see of Sirius was his tangle of black hair. Remus went and sat on the side of the bed. He moved Sirius's hair back and pressed a kiss to his forehead. Love you, he murmured. Love you too, Mooney.
Sirius murmured sleepily. Remus sat there a beat longer, but then tore himself away so he could make it to his class. It was especially hard to leave him on mornings like this, when he was off but Remus had to go teach his classes. It had gotten easier, but they still hated being separated. For the first six months after the war ended, they'd barely been willing to let the other out of their sight when they weren't working. They'd eased up a bit as the horrors they'd been through faded, but they were still fairly clingy and did not tolerate separations well. Remus took the flu to Black Forest Hall. As he stepped out of the fire, he saw Regulus at the long table in the dining room, building blueprints spread on the table. Good morning. Remus said. Lupin. Regulus said with a nod. Regulus had grown more tolerant of Remus, and to a certain extent, James, but he was still standoffish with Sirius's friends. In the times they were alone together, Remus didn't always engage him in conversation because he wasn't always sure how to talk to Regulus. So he didn't say much and Regulus seemed to prefer it that way. Remus knew he and Sirius were still adding to and changing the layout of Black Forest Hall so that was most likely what Regulus was doing, but Remus didn't ask, and he didn't volunteer. Remus made his way to an open space they'd been using as a classroom on the first floor and found a few of the werewolves waiting for him. He smiled at them and they sat down in the chairs that were situated around the room. This group was made up of teenagers and he held classes with them three mornings a week. He taught them the basics of charms, transfiguration and defense, and Lily stepped in once a week, when she was not on aura duty, for potions. Younger kids met later, for a basic skills class, that covered things they would have learned in muggle school or from their parents such as reading and writing. They were still working on the school becoming officially recognized, and in the fall, they were planning a more structured schedule of classes. When this happened though, Remus would not be able to teach every class, so they would have to either find other werewolves who were willing to teach or other teachers sympathetic to their mission. Today was a defense day, and the students were enthusiastic as Remus set them up in pairs to practice the shield charm and disarming. That's right, you'll get it, he told one student before turning to another. Smaller wand movement and make sure you say the incantation clearly. Some of these kids didn't have wands when they'd arrived at Black Forest Hall, and the first order of business had been to bring the lot of them to Ollivander to get sorted out. Some of the kids had wands before they were bitten, and had them confiscated. For the life of him, Remus didn't understand this line of thinking. Taking someone's wand because they were bitten by a werewolf didn't make them not a werewolf. It made them unable to channel or control their magic. Toward the end of class, Remus was helping a student disarm his partner when he saw Sirius grinning at him from the doorway. He must have slept the whole morning, he looked much better. His hair was shiny and well kept, and he had on his favorite jeans, t-shirt and leather jacket combo with his dragon skin boots. Remus eyed him appreciatively and they exchanged a smile before Remus turned his attention back to the students. By this time, the majority of the students had successfully disarmed their partners at least once, and produced a strong enough shield charm to deflect the few minor hexes he sent their way. Remus was satisfied with their progress by the time class ended. When he dismissed the class, Remus went in search of Sirius. He found him deep in conversation with Regulus at the table again. 
He wasn't sure if Regulus had moved since he'd seen him this morning. Seeing them together was always a little jarring, Sirius and Regulus looked like mirror images of each other but with purposeful differences. Regulus kept his hair shorter and still wore robes all the time but both brothers had the same shaped face with those sharp cheekbones and jawlines, and those liquid grey eyes with heavy lashes. Their gestures were sometimes similar too, though both brothers would deny it. When he saw Remus, Sirius stood up from the table and brushed against Remus as he passed, saying in his ear. I've got lunch for us outside. There was a clearing in the woods they often gravitated to and Sirius led him there when he and Regulus were done talking. How was class? Sirius asked, tapping a small square with his wand and resizing it to reveal a picnic basket. Those kids are really making progress. One of them, Lenora, disarmed me. She picks up the spells very quickly, she's talented. Remus said, as he helped unpack the basket. How's Regulus? Oh you know, he carries the weight of the Black Legacy on his shoulders. Sirius said with a small smile. He puts too much pressure on himself, but the hall will be meticulous when it's finally done. Remus nodded. Did you sleep enough? What's enough? Sirius chuckled. I'm not drained anymore, if that's what you're asking. Sirius spread out the picnic blanket and reached for Remus, who sat down and Sirius pulled him close. I always worry when you're on emergency. It's so much. Remus said. Don't worry about that, Mooney, I can take it. Sirius said. He leaned into Remus, who slid his arms around him. It's easy compared to what we did during the war. That might be true, but that wasn't exactly what you'd call normal. Remus pointed out. No, but. Sirius sighed. Can we talk about something else? Of course. Remus said, burying his nose in Sirius's neck, where his scent was particularly strong. Not talking is good too, he murmured, kissing that spot. Sirius turned around so he could kiss him back. How much time do we have? Sirius asked, with a wicked grin. Behave. We're outside. So. Sirius said, as he pushed back so they were lying on the picnic blanket, kissing Remus again. There's no one else here. That's just what we need, your brother to come looking for you. Remus said, between kisses. Sirius barked a laugh. I would pay to see his face. You're mean. Yup, he said, effectively ending their conversation as he slid his hand under Remus's waistband and kissing his neck. Remus let his breath out, relaxing into Sirius's arms and letting his own hands wander. Remus made sure he looked respectable again before his afternoon class. His clothes were straight and he didn't have any leaves in his hair. The class with the younger kids was held in a different common space. He enjoyed teaching these classes too, but he always felt so sad for these kids who'd been bitten and cast out at such a young age. He'd been bitten young himself, but his family had supported him. He hated to think where these kids would have been without the sanctuary and his own outreach in the werewolf community. Okay, we looked at the story last time we met. Did anyone find any words they don't know? Remus asked them. 
They sat in a circle on the floor with books and clipboards that he kept in the room. One little boy tentatively raised his hand. Slender. Remus nodded. If you look at the picture, what do you think slender means? The little boy thought for a minute and looked at the page. Skinny. You got it. Remus said. The lesson continued in a similar vein for the rest of the hour. When he dismissed the kids, he found Lenora sitting at a table, studying. He sat down across from her. What are you studying? he asked her. She started and blushed. Old habits die hard, apparently, she muttered. Arithmancy. I really liked that class too. She sighed. Remus felt his heart twist for her. I liked it too, but I was never great at it. Remus admitted. I might know someone who could tutor you though. Oh, no. It's okay. It's not like I have an exam to pass or anything, she said, looking down. You don't only learn things for exams, Remus said, gently. She met his eyes and nodded, an idea forming in his head. Knowing things for the sake of knowing things is always better. A few days later, Remus flew to St. Mungo's to meet Sirius and Damocles. Sirius was still in the middle of a shift, but it wasn't hard to find him. He was with a patient and Remus watched him as he moved his wand, expertly scanning the patient for broken bones with the crease of concentration between his eyebrows. Sirius always seemed like a different person when he was working, a much more practiced and assured version of himself. He waited in the hallway until Sirius came out of the room with his notes in hand. His face lit up when he saw Remus. Remus would never tire of that expression. Hey, he said, giving Remus a quick kiss on the cheek. I've got to see about a couple of patients. Do you want to wait in the cafe? Sure. Remus made his way to the cafe and ordered tea. He sat down at a table in the corner. When his tea was almost gone, he saw Sirius and Damocles come into the cafe and make their way toward him. I hope we didn't keep you waiting, Remus. Damocles said, sitting down. He knew Sirius trusted Damocles and that he'd healed both of them during the war. Other than that though, he didn't really know Damocles that well. Remus took a deep breath, trying to calm his nerves. Damocles was shorter and broader than both of them, with dark hair and eyes, and olive-tinged skin. He had a serene presence that took the edge off of Remus's anxiety. Nope, just finishing my tea. Remus said. Sirius sat down next to him and took his hand. So, I've been thinking for a long time about developing a potion to help werewolf transformations be, easier, I guess you could say, on the person experiencing it. Why? The question slipped out almost automatically. Remus looked up, embarrassed. There were so few wizards who cared about helping werewolves. He wondered why Damocles was different. Damocles considered him for a moment. Well, it's kind of personal for me. My wife was bitten a while back. She was a werewolf for a while, maybe two years. She went through terrible pain during transformations, she died from injuries sustained during a full moon. I'm sorry. Remus said, softly. 
He knew this happened to werewolves, especially ones that went to the ministry provided places to transform. He didn't ask for details. He didn't have to. They were quiet for a moment. When were you bitten? Damocles asked, composed and back in healer mode. When I was five. Remus said. You were very young, did you sustain injuries from transformations? I did and I still do, sometimes. But not as many as before. Remus said, squeezing Sirius's fingers. Does any particular painkiller help? During the transformation or when I turn back? Both. I've tried painkilling potion, aspirin, marijuana, to ease the pain of transformation. Remus looked at Sirius as he said marijuana and Sirius smirked at him. It doesn't work. Wolves have more bones than humans, so that alone causes a great deal of the pain. After I change back, the painkilling potion that Sirius makes helps. The one that you gave me? Damocles said, addressing Sirius. Sirius nodded. Damocles turned his attention back to Remus, have you ever bitten anyone? No, Remus said, curtly. I haven't and I don't plan to. Sensing he overstepped, Damocles was quiet for a moment. Do you have symptoms before and after the transformation itself? Yes. For a few days to a week leading up to the full moon, and a day or two after. Remus said. Can you describe the symptoms? Remus thought for a moment. I usually have a fever and joint pain, am more hungry than usual, my senses are heightened, I have excess energy and anxiety. Remus said. His eyes slid toward Sirius who smirked at him again. Tell him. Sirius said. Remus reddened. Is it really necessary? Sirius shrugged. This is for research, right? Sirius said and Remus sighed. Damocles looked back and forth between them. The excess energy, can manifest as, sexual arousal. Remus said finally, looking down. Damocles didn't react, he continued writing in his notebook. When he was done taking notes, he looked up. And after? Damocles asked. I haven't had many injuries recently, but when I do, it's recovery from any injuries and fatigue. I usually need to sleep most of the day following a transformation. Remus said. Do you remember what happens when you're in wolf form? No. Not in detail. Remus said. I get flashes sometimes, dreams, maybe, but I have no clear memories of what happens in that time. The interview carried on from there. Remus told him as much as he could, knowing that his experience wasn't necessarily the same as others' experiences. For all he knew, no werewolf experienced the same thing. When he'd been with the pack during the war, he'd known werewolves that would sleep for days before and after. He'd known some that couldn't sit still. But the common link was always the transformation itself. Just one more question. Damocles said, after almost an hour. Would you or any of the werewolves at the sanctuary be willing to try experimental potions to see if they help? Remus was quiet for a moment. I can only speak for myself, but I would try the potion to see if it helps. Thank you so much for your time, Remus. 
this has really been helpful. Damocles said, standing and shaking Remus's hand. He strode out of the cafe, leaving Remus and Sirius alone. Hey, are you okay? Sirius asked, when Remus didn't say anything. Remus sighed. I just, don't usually talk about all that. It's, a lot. Sirius put his arms around Remus and pulled him close. I know it wasn't your favorite thing to do, but thank you for doing it. Remus nodded. If he could do this to help those kids, he would. Chapter 4, No Easy Answers We've been over this a hundred times, Sirius said, frustrated. Black, you have to be patient. Research takes time. Damocles reminded him. They were in the lab at St. Mungo's, comparing the potions that Sirius had brought from the sanctuary. They had been there for most of their shift. Lily had sent Sirius the recipes, all meticulously written out, of course, and he had made notes about what they had in common. The thing all three had in common was aconite. Wolfsbane. However, it was hard to say what role that ingredient played in each potion, and Sirius felt like he'd come up empty every time he tried to figure it out. Was that the pain-killing ingredient? Something that causes numbness? A catalyst for the other ingredients? He didn't know and he hated not knowing. The most he and Damocles knew about Wolfsbane was what everyone knew. Sirius went over to the storage cabinet and took out the container of Wolfsbane. He didn't touch it directly since it was poisonous, and he wasn't wearing thick enough gloves. He studied it for a moment. The green stem gave way to purple leaves and flowers and looked unremarkable. What was it about this particular plant that made their potions effective? Damocles had also pulled out several reference books and was poring over the other ingredients as well. They were just run-of-the-mill potions ingredients that any wizard would keep in the cupboard but together, they made for effective potions. This was something Sirius could never quite grasp about potions, but he knew Lily could lecture him about it all day. The clock on the lab bench told and Sirius looked around. Damocles had pulled him off of his rounds to work in the lab, but he wasn't sure if there were still patients that needed to be seen. Damocles, do you want me to go check on the patients? he ventured, not wanting to distract Damocles from his reading. Hmm. Oh, it is that time, isn't it? Damocles said, distractedly. Jones took over for you. Sirius raised an eyebrow. He could think of exactly what Hestia would have to say to him about covering his patients when he was present in the hospital. He gathered his things and went downstairs. He found Hestia in a patient room, in conversation with the occupant. She looked around and saw him, her eyes narrowing. Bracing himself, he stepped into the room. How can I help, Jones? She stood up and strode into the hallway, not wanting to cause a scene in front of the patient. Um, by me not doing your job while you're actually here. He couldn't argue with her, he'd be put out if the roles were reversed. I'm sorry. Damocles needed my help. I'm here now. No, your shift is over. But I haven't had a chance to see to my own patients. Sirius held up his hand. He was not sure he could take being yelled at and being frustrated at the same time. I'll take care of them. 
Can I have their charts? I what? Really? Hestia sputtered. You're being nice. Sirius rolled his eyes. Charts. She handed over the rolls of parchment and folders. Now go home. It had been several years since Remus had stood outside this particular door, but here he was at the headmaster's office. And not because he was bailing Sirius or James out of trouble. Remus knocked. Enter, came the voice from within. Dumbledore was seated at his desk but stood when Remus poked his head in. Mr. Lupin. Good to see you. You're looking well, sir. Remus said, shaking his hand, then sitting in the chair Dumbledore gestured toward. And you. Not being at war agrees with all of us. This is true. What can I do for you, Remus? Dumbledore asked, as he settled himself back behind his desk. Remus took a deep breath. You know Sirius and Regulus have started the Black Forest Hall Sanctuary for werewolves and house elves. Dumbledore inclined his head. I am aware. They've done admirable work. There is a young lady who is in our care, Lenora Davies. Remus said. Ah yes, very bright girl. Terrible circumstances. Dumbledore said, shaking his head. Well, sir, I was wondering, you put precautions in place here for me. The Whomping Willow and the Shack are still here. Yes. Dumbledore said, looking at Remus over his half-moon spectacles. Remus had a feeling Dumbledore knew where he was going with this, but he was not inclined to help him out. Well, are those precautions enough for Lenora? She really misses Hogwarts and would love the opportunity to return. Remus. Dumbledore said, rubbing his eyes. Lenora's parents are very different from yours. They pulled her out of school, after I made the same argument you did. But she's not in their care anymore. Remus pointed out. And if the sanctuary allows it. But your custody of her, and of the others is not official. When kids are turned out by their guardians for something they can't help and come to a place that can help them, that's not official. Or official enough. Remus said, carefully keeping his voice level, though he could feel his temper rising. It can be complicated. Families can say that they removed the child from school and still technically have custody, and they wouldn't be wrong. Lenora is not of age. Her parents did not sign her over to the sanctuary. Remus could feel rage pooling in his stomach. So you're saying that you would deny a promising student an education? I'm not denying her anything. Only the thing she wants most, to have some semblance of a normal life. Remus said angrily, standing up to leave. Remus. I understand what you're trying to do. I do. But I can't take her back without her parents' permission. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, too. Remus said, turning to leave. Those students are lucky to have you. I always thought you would be a good teacher. Thank you. Remus snapped. I'm doing the best I can. Remus was still fuming when he stepped out of the flue at Black Forest Hall. He took a couple of deep breaths. It wouldn't do for the students to see him in a temper. 
Lily was there today, teaching the teens potions. He looked into the room and saw her, with her red hair piled on top of her head and her protective goggles on as she leaned over one of the students' cauldrons. Make sure you follow the directions carefully, are we stirring clockwise or counterclockwise, she asked the boy next to her. Clockwise, I think, the boy said. Let's take a look. Lily said, pulling the book closer to the boy. Let me know what you find. She moved on to another student's cauldron and gave it an approving nod. Remus enjoyed watching Lily in her element like this. While she was a capable and formidable aura, Remus had always privately thought Lily would be a great potions mistress at Hogwarts, should Slughorn ever retire. He didn't want to lurk for too long so he took off in search of Regulus. He found him in the kitchen with Creature, who was listening intently as Regulus spoke to him. Not wanting to insert himself into the conversation, Remus waited until Creature disapparated before approaching Regulus. Regulus? Remus ventured as the man in question looked over the papers he was holding. Yes. Regulus said, looking up. Remus took a deep breath, unsure of where to begin. When the werewolves come to stay here, do they fill out any paperwork? Regulus looked at him strangely. The adults sign paperwork allowing us to provide medical care. The children have to sign paperwork stating they have nowhere else to go, and that staying with their families is not an option. Does that give the sanctuary custody of the kids? In a manner of speaking, yes. Regulus said. But if they want to go back to their families, they are free to do so. Remus thought for a second and nodded. So we can grant them permission to, do things? Lupin, what are you getting at? Regulus said, rather snappishly. Remus regarded him for a moment, determined to keep his cool. After his meeting with Dumbledore, he was not in the mood for walking on eggshells with Regulus. He pulled himself up to his full and rather impressive height and stuck his chin out a bit. Regulus took in this change in posture, but waited for Remus to respond. When Remus spoke, it was in a quiet, level tone. He had no desire to argue with Sirius's brother. There is a girl, Lenora Davies, whose parents pulled her out of Hogwarts because she was bitten and has become a werewolf. Lenora is very intelligent and powerful. She would benefit from finishing her education at Hogwarts. I spoke with Dumbledore and he said we didn't have official custody of her so he can't take her back due to her family's wishes. Regulus thought for a moment, nodded and said. I will see what I can find out. Thank you. Remus went to sit on the patio that was just outside the kitchen. Lily joined him after a time. You look like you're having a rough day. Lily said, sitting down next to him. Remus gave her a small smile. That's what I get for trying to talk to Dumbledore, and Regulus. Lily chuckled. Say no more. How are you? Looked like the class was getting on well. Remus said. They are. I'm so proud of them. They try so hard. Lily said. They were quiet for a moment. Lil. If you wanted to come and teach potions here, and help get the school running, we'd love to have you. Lily looked up at him and smiled fondly. You know I've thought about it.
Yeah. You know, me and James are both Aurors, and what if something bad happened to us? What about Harry? What if we have more kids? Should I do something less dangerous? But then, why does it have to be me? Lily sighed. Ugh, sorry, Remus. Didn't mean to unload that on you. It's okay. Remus slid his arm around her shoulders. James is never going to give up being an Auror. I know. Lily said. It's just, what he does. But, you're different people. If you want to do something else, you should. Lily leaned her head into his shoulder. Thanks, I sometimes forget that. Sirius was going through the library at Black Forest Hall a few days later, trying to find any information about painkillers, potion-making or werewolves. Regulus and their father, uncles and grandfathers before them had kept a meticulous library on all branches of magic, but so far, Sirius was coming up empty. Damocles had told him he was being too hard on himself and that he was too impatient. He supposed both were true. As much as he wanted to do trial and error for a treatment, he also wanted to make transformations easier for Remus now. This corner of the library was clearly Regulus's additions. Sirius recognized some books that used to be at Grimald Place, and a folio with loose pieces of parchment. Sirius looked at them curiously. They were not in English. It took him a moment to recognize the Russian characters. Frustrated, he put the folio back on the shelf. Another book caught his eye, a book of potion recipes. This looked promising but as he flipped through it, he realized this book was also in Russian. Sirius stared at it for a moment. For that he needed. Regulus. His brother looked around at him from where he was reading in his private sitting room, yes. Do you know what any of this says? Sirius asked, passing him the book. Regulus took the book and scanned it. Which part? I can't translate this whole book, he said, handing the book back to Sirius. Well, I guess we can start with the table of contents, so I can read which potions are covered in this book. Sirius mused. Regulus regarded the book thoughtfully. Uncle Cygnus really was more adept at Russian than I am, but I can try. Sirius nodded. Uncle Cygnus and Uncle Alfred each took one of them under his wing. Sirius was close to Alfred, who taught music and who was ultimately to thank for his comfortable lifestyle even after both of them were blasted off the Black family tapestry. Regulus had been Cygnus's favorite, and had taught his nephew both chess and Russian, among other things. I will take a look and get back to you. Okay, thank you. Sirius said. He lingered for a moment, unsure he was ready for the conversation to be over. Regulus looked up at him. Was there something else? No. Have a good day, Regulus. Sirius said, taking his leave. Regulus was trying, Sirius knew that. But sometimes their stilted conversations frustrated him. On his way home, Sirius took the flu to the potters to see if James was around. There were times when he craved the easy camaraderie of his best friend. The atmosphere in the Potter House could not have been more of a contrast to the quiet of Black Forest Hall. 
Sirius relaxed as he stepped out of the fireplace to see Harry running away from James, who was trying to herd him into the dining room. Upon seeing Sirius, he launched himself upon his godfather. Sirius laughed and picked him up. Lunch time, is it? What does dad have for you? Sirius said to Harry. All right, prongs. Sirius said, depositing Harry in his booster seat. Hey. Good to see you, Pads, got lunch going here. Did you eat? James said, strapping Harry in and handing him his plate. He turned and hugged Sirius, who returned the hug gratefully. No. I didn't. Don't fuss over me, though. Sirius said. James rolled his eyes. Lily made shepherd's pie a couple of days ago, there's a ton. Go on, then. Sirius followed James into the kitchen. James was wearing his aura robes, and was clearly just home on his lunch break. Where's Lil? Over at your place, funnily enough, probably conspiring against us with Mooney. Sirius chuckled. We'd never stand a chance. Tell me about it. James said, handing him a plate with warmed food on it. Our babysitter needed lunch, so I stopped home to relieve her. They sat down at the table, on either side of Harry, who was shoving food in his mouth with gusto. Are you working today? No, tomorrow. Sirius said. How's the research going? James wanted to know. Damocles keeps telling me I have to be patient. How's that working out for you? James said, raising an eyebrow. Harder than I thought. Sirius said, gruffly. Tell me about it, didn't think I'd still be looking for, you know who, two years later. James shook his head. They were quiet for a moment. Just have to remember why you're doing it. Sirius nodded. James was right, of course. He couldn't lose perspective. He had just expected this to come as easily as many other things did. I will if you will. James chuckled. Deal. There was a tap at the door. James. Harry, a female voice called. In here, Bothilda. James called back. An older woman with a salt and pepper bun and a kind face poked her head into the dining room. She had Neville Longbottom on her hip. Neville struggled and Bothilda put him on one of the dining room chairs. I hope you don't mind that I brought Neville over. Alice needed some last-minute help. Bothilda said. No, of course not. James said. How's the baby? Getting big. She'll have to bring him round soon. Bothilda responded, checking Harry's plate and guiding Neville's hand away from Sirius's water glass. He finished his lunch and took his plate and James's plates into the kitchen. James followed him. I'll leave you to it, Dad. Sirius said. Thanks for lunch. Anytime. James said, pulling Sirius in for a hug. They held each other tightly for a beat and Sirius headed for the fireplace. When Sirius was finished cleaning up from dinner that night, he found Remus reading on the sofa in the library. He watched him from the doorway for a moment. Remus looked around at him and smiled softly. 
he went over to the sofa, took the book from Remus and crawled into his lap. Need attention, do you? Remus said, sliding his arms around Sirius and pulling him in close. Always. Sirius said, nuzzling into Remus's neck. Who knew you were this needy? You did. And you love me anyway. Remus grinned and kissed him. No arguments there. Remus shifted so Sirius was mostly in his lap and twined his fingers in Sirius's hair, pulling him back in for another kiss. They weren't exactly paying attention when the flu ignited and outstepped Regulus. Regulus waited for a moment, bemused, before clearing his throat. Startled, Remus let go of Sirius, and struggled to sit up. Sirius was purposely slower about it, eyeing Regulus mischievously for a moment. In a show of restraint, Sirius managed to swallow any lewd comments that had come into his head, because while that sort of banter would have worked on James, it certainly wouldn't do for Regulus. I'm sorry, I can go. Regulus said, starting to turn toward the fireplace. Sirius glanced at Remus. No, it's all right. Come sit down. Regulus sat down on the edge of the sofa, leaving as much space as he could between himself and his brother. I translated the table of contents. Regulus said, handing Sirius a piece of parchment, with meticulous script covering it. Thank you. Sirius said, taking it and scanning it. This looks promising. The calming draft? We have a calming draft at the hospital, but the description is different. I can focus on that if it's the one you need. Regulus said, taking the parchment back and circling the recipe Sirius had indicated. He looked over at Remus. I didn't have an answer yet, about the legality of our paperwork, Lupin. It's all right. Remus said. Well, good night then. Regulus stood and headed to the fireplace. Thank you for your help. Sirius said, sincerely as his brother sprinkled the flu powder in the flames. Regulus nodded once and was gone. Sirius started laughing when Regulus was gone and Remus smacked him with one of the sofa pillows. What? Mooney, that was funny. It was like getting caught by our parents, well, your parents, more accurately. Oh so by funny you mean awkward. Remus said. It's not like we knew he was coming. Would that have stopped you? Nope. Sirius said, still grinning. Where were we? Chapter 5, Breakthrough Even if we did figure it out, it still takes time to test potions out. Damocles told Sirius during their last stint in the lab, I'm not about to poison Remus by accident, he said the last part pointedly, and Sirius got the message. Remus had said he was willing to test what Damocles and Sirius came up with, provided they had a box of bezoars and an antidote nearby. Sirius sighed and got back to work. Sorry. Sirius said, with effort. Look, I get it. If I could have helped my wife when she was here, would have tried my damnedest. Damocles said, evenly. Sirius nodded and was quiet for a long moment. Is someone helping Hestia? She'll have my head on a platter if she's by herself again. Sirius said. Damocles chuckled. 
Valencia is here, too. They're more than capable. Sirius nodded. What if we tried this? He added another ingredient to the cauldron in front of him and blue smoke began to rise and the liquid started spurting out of the cauldron. Um, no. I'd say not. Sirius muttered, waving the smoke away. He took the cauldron and dumped it into the sink on the lab bench and washed it out. Sirius was on his way out of the hospital when he found Hestia and Valencia deep in conversation. Oi, Black. Hestia called. He turned around. Jones. Patil, he said, acknowledging both of them. We're heading over to the leaky cauldron for a drink. Want to come? Valencia asked, flashing a smile. Sirius demurred. Remus is waiting for me so. Oh. Right. I didn't remember you were. Valencia said, trailing off. That I was what? Sirius snapped, aggressively. Valencia blinked. In a relationship? They were quiet for a moment. Because I think last time we were on a shift together, you were very much, not. Sirius reddened. It was over two years ago that their teams had been redistributed. He clearly remembered flirting with Valencia, and her flirting back. It's been, a while then, Val, he mumbled, embarrassed at his overreaction. Yeah. Valencia said. Coming, Hestia. They all left together, but Sirius apparated once they were outside and the women headed toward the pub. He thought I had a problem with him being with a man. Valencia asked. Probably. Hestia allowed. You know how he can be. Valencia sighed. All the hot ones have to be taken or not interested in women, right? I don't really see him that way, but sure. Hestia said. You don't think he's hot? Hestia, are you blind? I mean, I just don't really think of him like that. But he is objectively handsome. You wouldn't go out with him? No, because I know what he's like. Hestia said. He's a great healer, but he's a pain in the arse. Oh, I'll bet he is. Valencia smirked. That is not what I meant. Besides, I've seen him with Remus. His boyfriend? Yeah. They're like together, together. Connected. No one else exists when Remus is there. Who knew that Black would be that kind of boyfriend? I wish someone would treat me like that. Valencia pouted. I wouldn't have thought so either. But, people can surprise you, I guess. Hestia shrugged as they entered the pub. Regulus always had a lot going on these days, so he didn't have the translation of the calming draft ready for another week. He came by Sirius's house late at night, entering the library tentatively after last time. Sirius was sipping his nightcap on the sofa and Remus was curled up across his lap, fast asleep. He offered his glass to Regulus when he came in. Regulus took it, sitting down on the opposite end of the sofa again, but he didn't look nearly as uncomfortable this time. I got word this morning that we moved up on the waiting list for the Quidditch pitch. Sirius said as Regulus passed the glass back to him. That's good. Regulus said. 
he pulled a roll of parchment out of his robes. I translated the recipe. Oh wow. Thank you, Regulus. Sirius said, taking the roll from him. You're welcome. It's a different type of potion than I originally thought. Regulus said. It looks like it's for people who have fits. Fits? Like seizures? Sirius clarified. Yes, it calms the mind so the seizures aren't as bad. Regulus said. Really? Sirius's mind was shifting into overdrive. That might, actually be something. I hope it works. Regulus said. I'm going to head home. Okay. Thank you again, Regulus, really. Sirius said, earnestly. Regulus handed him back the empty glass and went through the fireplace. Sirius was deep in thought as Regulus took his leave. Remus shifted in his sleep and Sirius stroked his hair a few times. Remus. Sirius said quietly. Remus? Hmm. Remus responded, not fully awake. Let's go to bed, love. Sirius said. Remus blinked at him sleepily, in a way that would have been comical if Sirius didn't find it so endearing. Okay, he murmured, not moving. Sirius stood up and hauled Remus to his feet. Remus rubbed his eyes and took the hand Sirius offered. Once in bed, they settled against each other. Someone was here. Remus said. Yeah, Regulus came by. You heard him. Smelled him. Remus murmured, starting to fall asleep again. Oh. Right. Sirius said. He thought for a moment. You can always smell people. Even if the full moon passed. Usually only our sense at home. Remus said, his voice sleep slurred. Sirius was about to ask another question but a soft snore told him that Remus had fallen asleep again. Sirius kissed his forehead and closed his own eyes. Sirius brought the translation to St. Mungo's the next day during his shift. Damocles was leaving when he was coming, so he only had a few minutes in passing to speak to his mentor. Sirius went up to the lab by himself to look at the recipe. Calming draft. Meant to help someone stay mentally present while they experience a fit. Mentally present. That was always the issue with the werewolves, wasn't it? The wolf controlled the mind, making someone who was normally a perfectly reasonable person into a bloodthirsty monster. If the person could be there mentally during the change, wouldn't there be less danger? Wouldn't the wolf then know right from wrong, or not to attack? There were always exceptions, of course. Sirius doubted if this or any potion would do anything to assuage Greyback's evil. It might even make Greyback even more lethal. But for someone like Remus, or Paxton, or Lenora, who was a regular person every other day of the month, this might be something that could help. Sirius brought the parchment over to the storage cupboard and began pulling ingredients. This was a fiddly, difficult potion that would take a long time to brew, but he could start now and hopefully Damocles could look in on it too once he explained what he was doing. Regulus was trying to compose a letter to the ministry about whether or not they had custody of the kids. 
These kids would have been runaways or worse if they didn't live at the sanctuary but that didn't mean any of this was binding. Paperwork When did his life become about paperwork? He wasn't sure what else he would have wanted to do, but sending letters to the ministry and waiting for replies had not been what he'd imagined when the war was over. He hadn't expected to survive the war, but here he was. He wondered how his grandfather handled the more tedious aspects of being the head of the black family. There was a soft tap on his door. He looked up to see Sirius in the doorway, alone for once. He didn't begrudge his brother any of the love and comfort he had, he just didn't always want to witness it. Can I come in? Sirius asked. Of course. Regulus said, gesturing toward an empty chair. Sirius sat down. Everything all right? Yes. You. Fine. Regulus was not sure what Sirius wanted. It was unlike Sirius to show up alone for no good reason. Where's Remus? Home. He and Lily are working on some stuff for the school. Is there something you need? Or were you just bored? Regulus said. I wanted to see how you were doing. I'm allowed to, right? Sirius said, his voice carefully neutral. There's no need. I'm fine. Good. Sirius said, still sitting in the chair. Regulus had half expected him to leave after that but he should have known his brother better. Was there something else? Sirius chuckled and shook his head. You don't make it easy, you know. Sirius. I will leave you alone if you don't want company. Sirius stood and went to the door. Regulus almost let him leave before he said. Want a game of chess? I could use a break. Sirius regarded his brother for a moment. Sure. Regulus summoned the chess board and the pieces lined up on either side. Which side do you want? Sirius asked. Black. Sirius's eyes flickered toward Regulus's, like he was going to comment, but he uncharacteristically kept it to himself. Is this Grandfather Arcturus's set? Sirius asked. Yes. Uncle Cygnus's set doesn't listen to me. I'll bet. Sirius said, making his move. It didn't take that long for Sirius to lose the game and Regulus would never admit it but he appreciated the company. When Sirius took his leave, Regulus turned back to the letter he'd been working on. Lily and Remus had papers spread out over the table in the kitchen. I can't believe the two of you live here alone. This house is ridiculous. Lily said, tutting. How do you even keep it clean? I know Sirius doesn't clean. Remus snorted. The idea of Sirius cleaning anything that wasn't food-related was definitely amusing. Creature comes and cleans and there's a couple of other house elves at the sanctuary who come in too. It took me a bit to get used to, but you know. Blacks don't clean their own houses or cook. Even the disowned ones. Lily chuckled and turned back to the parchment on the table. So these are the potions the kids should know up until they're fifteen, pre-owl level. Owl and Newt, which would be sixth and seventh year at Hogwarts, they get much more complicated. I'm working on the list for those. Slughorn sent me the whole curriculum. 
Lily. Remus said, crossing his arms and looking at her levelly. Remus. What are you doing? What do you mean? I'm helping you. Lily. Do you want to come work at the school? Remus said. I. Lily stopped and met his eyes. Yes. But. I haven't told James yet. So please. Don't say anything. I won't say anything. You know I can keep a secret. Lily smiled at him and squeezed his hand. I know. Remus smiled to himself. Having Lily on the staff for the school would be great for the students, he knew. He also was a little relieved that someone so capable wanted to work with him. It took some of the burden off. Black, what are you doing? Damocles asked from the doorway. They hadn't planned to be in the lab today, but he found Sirius there, stirring something. So, my brother did that translation. Of the calming draft? It's for people who have seizures, it calms their minds to keep them present. It lessens the effects. So I started brewing it. But I also wondered, could something like this work on werewolves? To keep them in their right mind. Damocles said, thoughtfully. Are you altering it at all? No. Not yet. I wanted to brew it as written first. Makes sense. Once you do, we should add. Wolfsbane, they said together. Damocles took the parchment that was in Sirius's hand and studied it for a time. The problem with this is these ingredients, we have them at the hospital, but any apothecary is going to charge a lot for them. Sirius nodded. Yeah. And it takes a lot of effort to brew. We could get it going at the sanctuary too, but the average werewolf wouldn't be able to make it. But it's a start, I wonder what it would be like if someone who didn't have seizures took it? Damocles mused. Sirius continued to stir thoughtfully. Maybe it would just make that person really calm with a clear mind. Damocles nodded. When it's done, I'll take some and you take notes on how it affects me. Um, sure. We have the generic antidote here in case anything goes wrong. Sirius said. A few days later, the potion was ready. Damocles had asked Valencia to come in with their team again, so he could try the potion and the whole shift would be covered. Sirius would split his time between observing Damocles and helping with the patients. Sirius had scanned the potion to make sure it wasn't poisoned several times, but he did it once more before he handed Damocles a goblet full. Damocles drank it in two gulps and Sirius led him to an empty patient room with a blank chart. They sat together quietly for a time. How do you feel? Sirius asked. Damocles thought for a moment. My mind feels really clear, and I'm calm. Sirius scribbled notes in the chart and waited. Damocles laid down in the patient bed and stared at the ceiling. My thoughts have sort of, slowed down so I can examine each one. But I just feel so. He was starting to drift to sleep. Sirius recorded this too and pulled the blanket over Damocles and left the room. He poked his head in several times during the shift, but Damocles hadn't moved. When he was getting ready to leave, he saw Damocles sitting on the edge of the bed, 
looking confused. Hey. How are you feeling? Sirius asked him, gently. A little, confused. Am I sick? No. Remember, we were testing the calming draft. Oh, right, he thought for a moment. It definitely works. We can add the wolfsbane and see if we can test it on the next full moon. As long as wolfsbane doesn't make it poisonous. Sirius pointed out. Of course. So we'll brew it again and see. I don't know how long it lasts. How long does it take to brew? It needs to steep for a week. But if we change it, it might need longer. We can try starting this week with the added ingredients to see, and to also check if it's poisonous. Sirius said. Maybe we're getting somewhere. Damocles said, more to himself. Sirius was quiet. He knew Damocles was thinking of his wife. At home, Sirius found Remus in the kitchen, making dinner. He crossed the room in two strides and pulled Remus into his arms. Hi. Everything all right? Remus asked, pulling back a little so he could see Sirius's face. Damocles tested that potion. We're going to play around with it a bit, but it might work. Sirius said, grinning. Wow. Remus said, his eyebrows raised. That's such good news. I hope so. Sirius said, leaning his forehead against Remus's. Chapter 6, Potion Testing Scan it one more time. Damocles instructed a couple weeks later as Sirius ran his wand over the cauldron full of the calming draft, which now included the wolfsbane and some pain-killing ingredients. It's negative. Sirius said, pouring the potion into small goblets. Remus and Paxton were sitting on stools in the lab, and Sirius handed them the goblets. Remus bit his lip, and he and Sirius exchanged a glance. Sirius went and stood next to him, squeezing his fingers. Paxton held the goblet up and said. Cheers, as he drank it. They waited for about ten minutes. How do you feel? Damocles wanted to know. I don't know yet. Remus responded, thoughtfully. Clear-headed. Like, I can examine all of my thoughts. Any pain or burning? No. When Sirius's shift was over, he took Remus home. Sirius continued watching Remus closely which Remus found both sweet and annoying. How are you feeling? Sirius asked again. Remus put his hands on Sirius's shoulders and met his gaze head-on. Sirius. Love. I will tell you if something changes. Sirius closed his eyes and took a deep breath and kissed Remus's forehead. Okay. Perhaps this was why research was done on subjects the lab team did not know. That way, the healers did not have to worry that an experimental potion was going to harm their partners. It was perhaps the first time that Sirius was more anxious about the full moon than Remus was. Remus had dutifully been taking the potion that he and Damocles had brewed and took notes about how he felt afterwards. 
The original potion needed to be consumed for at least three days to be completely effective, so Damocles and Sirius had brewed enough for the werewolves to take for five days and for the full moon. In the few hours before the full moon, James was valiantly attempting to joke Sirius out of his anxiety, but mostly to no avail. What if it doesn't work, Prongs? What if it makes things worse? Sirius said, as they checked werewolves into Black Forest Hall. Then you'll come up with something else. James said. Relax. You're going to freak Mooney out. Doesn't that defeat the purpose? Sirius closed his eyes and nodded. This wasn't about him. He knew that intellectually. He had to refocus on Remus. He turned his attention to Remus now, who was sitting on the lawn, with Harry in his lap and a few of the older kids gathered around him, reading a book. James followed his gaze. So is he bringing those kids home with him? Um, no. Sirius said, shortly. James chuckled. Sirius raised his eyebrow at him but didn't comment further. Sirius knew he didn't want his own kids. His obligation to the Black family was long gone, but he still wanted nothing to do with possibly continuing the so-called line. James knew this, but wasn't above teasing him about it. Should we get dinner? Remus asked, approaching them and leading Harry by the hand. Sounds good. James said, elbowing Sirius. Looks like everyone's checked in. Sirius said, letting himself be led away. In the dining room, the food had been set out and the werewolves were either sitting at the table or filling plates with food. Lily was at one end of the table, waiting for them. Harry broke away from Remus to run to his mum. She picked him up and settled him on the chair next to her. Were you such a big helper? Lily asked Harry. The little boy grinned at her. Uncle Remus read a book. Oh, that must have been fun. Come eat, Harry. Lily said. Lily took Harry home after dinner and Remus took the last of the potion before heading outside with Sirius and James. They both had their arms loosely around Remus's shoulders and they retreated to the edge of the meadow and transformed. Remus sat down on the ground, feeling the first tremors under his skin. When the transformation hit him, it was no less painful. But as he got his bearings in wolf form, a thought passed through his mind. Where is Sirius and James? Mooney huffed, surprised at the human thought. Padfoot and Prongs approached and Mooney sniffed them before taking off running. Mooney and Padfoot tousled as the sky started to lighten. Another thought passed through Mooney's mind. Don't hurt him. Padfoot got back up after Mooney had put him on his back. Mooney met Padfoot's eyes and licked his nose. Padfoot started in surprise and licked him back. Sirius rushed over to Remus, like he always did when Remus turned back. Damocles was there too, on the perimeter of the meadow. If he had seen the stag and the dog, he didn't comment. Sirius trusted Damocles, but he wasn't sure he was ready to reveal that particular secret to anyone else just yet. Do you have any injuries, love? Sirius asked him, quietly, drawing Remus into his lap. A couple of scratches, I think, but nothing bad. Remus murmured. I can take care of those when we get you inside.
Regulus said you could rest in his rooms. I'm going to apparate us. Okay. Remus said, barely audible. Sirius apparated them, and situated Remus in bed. He examined Remus, pointing his wand at the cuts and scratches as he went. There was a soft knock on the door. James and Damocles were in the hallway. I wasn't sure where you'd taken him. Damocles said. Sirius blinked at him. Sorry. He just needs to rest. Remus, can I ask you a few questions? It can wait till he wakes up. Sirius said. No, Black. Actually it can't. We need to know if the potion actually did anything. Damocles said. Do you see the state he's in? Sirius said, his voice starting to rise. I assure you that I am not insensitive to his needs, Sirius. Damocles said, using Sirius's given name pointedly. Pads. James touched his shoulder. Sirius jerked away. Don't do something you're going to regret. James said, leading Sirius out of the bedroom, into Regulus's sitting room. Sirius closed his eyes for a moment. Okay. What's wrong with you? James asked in an undertone. I. Sirius began. I don't know. James guided him to the sofa and they both sat down. You know Damocles is not going to hurt him. This is all for the research, right? I just, he can't look out for himself when he's like that and. Sirius rubbed his eyes. I sound like a complete nutter. Yeah. James said, reasonably. But we're all a little bit mental about people we love. You're soppy. Merlin. Who are you? Sirius said, his sense of humor returning. Your best friend. The one who saves you from yourself. Sirius slung his arm around James's shoulders. Many, many times. And I would do the same for you. And you have. Many, many times. James said. Damocles sat on the side of the bed so Remus could see him without sitting up. It'll just be a few minutes, Remus. Okay. Remus said, his voice barely audible. Was the transformation process any different than before? Was there any more or less pain? No. Damocles bit his lip and scribbled into the chart he brought with him. Did you notice any differences while in wolf form? I know you said you can't really remember. Yes. I had some human thoughts. Remus said. Can you describe them? Like, I transformed, and I usually don't remember, but I have some cloudy memories. And I do remember wondering where James and Sirius were, and reminding myself not to hurt anyone. Remus said, still careful even in his exhausted state not to out the unregistered anime guy. Damocles regarded him thoughtfully. Thank you, Remus. Would you be willing to take notes on how you feel for the next week? And to try again next full moon? Yes. For both things. Remus was trying valiantly to stay awake, but he was losing the battle. Damocles recognized this. That's all for now, Remus, get some rest. Damocles pulled the blankets up around Remus, 
who was asleep before he'd finished speaking. Damocles poked his head out of the bedroom. We're done, he said, eyeing Sirius warily. Okay. Sirius said. He passed Damocles in the doorway and offered his hand and his mentor shook it. I didn't mean to. Forget it. Damocles said. Get some rest. I'll show you the notes tomorrow. Remus was already out cold by the time Sirius climbed into bed next to him, but he moved with Sirius, settling against him without waking. Sirius fell into an exhausted sleep. James had just enough energy to apparate home in the morning. It was very early, Lily and Harry were still in bed. He made his way upstairs to check on Harry and then into his and Lily's room. He slid into bed behind Lily and buried his face in her hair. James woke up some hours later to see Lily in the doorway of their room. When she saw he was awake, she went over to the bed and sat down on the side. James slid his arm around her waist, pulling her close. How was it? she asked. It was fine. Remus was trying that potion that Sirius and Damocles worked on. Of course, I had to save Sirius from himself. But you know. What did he do? He didn't want to let Damocles examine Remus after he changed back, you know how he is, he's so protective. I didn't want him to ruin his career over it. No, it makes sense. Lily said. She thought for a minute. James. He looked up at her, before reaching for his glasses so he could see clearly. Yeah. A smile was playing at her lips. I'm pregnant. James shot up into a sitting position. What? Really? She laughed. Yes. His smile was so wide, it was infectious. That's brilliant. I'm so happy. He kissed her and put his hand to her belly. How do you feel? A little nauseous, she admitted. There's another thing, I'm leaving the Aurors. Really? Is that what you want? James asked, surprised. Because you don't have to. Yes. I'm okay with it, really. I'm going to work with Remus at the school. Lily said, gently. James regarded her for a moment. She looked radiant, lighter than she had in a long time. You'll be great at it, he said, with a smile as she pulled him into a kiss. Mr. Black. It was a surprise to get your owl. Dumbledore said, letting Regulus into his office. I have a matter I wish to discuss, sir. Regulus said, sitting down in the chair Dumbledore gestured to. Quite. How may I help? Dumbledore said. The matter Lupin came to you about, sir. Regarding Lenora Davies? Ah yes. I believe I made it clear to Remus that what he was asking is just not possible. Dumbledore said. Regulus took a roll of parchment out of his robes. Sir, we have custody of the werewolves who are not of age. Dumbledore took the roll and read it carefully. He regarded Regulus over his half-moon glasses. May I keep this? Of course. I have a copy. Regulus said and stood. Thank you for coming by.
Dumbledore responded and Regulus took his leave. He took the flu back to Black Forest Hall and went in search of Remus, who was sitting with Paxton and a few others at a table, with books out. Lupin, may I have a word? Regulus asked. Remus got up and followed Regulus out of the room. I had a letter from the ministry that the paperwork we have the children sign when they come here is legal, and we do in fact have custody of them. Remus's eyes widened. Really? Thank you, Regulus. Regulus nodded once and went to his rooms. When Remus was finished with Paxton's study group, he went in search of Lenora. He found her outside on the patio, reading. What are you reading? he asked. Oh hello, Professor, a muggle book that I got from one of my friends, she responded, showing him the cover. You don't have to call me, Professor, you know. Remus said, amused. I know, but it's weird. You're my teacher. Lenora, would you want to go back to Hogwarts? What? she said, in disbelief. I didn't think I could. If you could, do you want to? Yes, of course. But. She looked away. Would everybody know? Why I had to leave? I don't know. Remus said, truthfully. Did you or your family tell anyone about what happened? No. My family wouldn't tell anyone, she said looking down. I know it's hard, he said softly. It's your decision if you want to go back. You would be great either way. You could come back here for full moons and holidays. I just, don't want to be different, she whispered, looking down. I know. Remus said. Happy birthday, Harry. Sirius said, as he and Remus made their way into the potter's backyard a couple weeks later. Uncle Sirius. Harry cried, running toward them. Sirius caught Harry in a hug. The little boy felt taller than he had just last week. He really was growing too fast. Sirius handed him a wrapped box. This is for you, mate. From me and Uncle Remus. Harry grinned at him. Thank you. Harry said, taking the gift over to the table where Lily sat with Alice Longbottom and Neville's new brother. Can I hold that while you play, Harry? Lily asked, taking it from him. Harry giggled and went off in search of Neville. Glad you made it. Lily said, smiling at Sirius and Remus. Wouldn't miss it. Sirius said, grinning and sitting down at the picnic table. Remus slid in next to him. James and Frank were running around with the kids and Alice was sitting on the side, feeding the baby, who was struggling to get free. Come on, Trevor. Just a bit. Sirius heard her say, coaxing the bottle into her younger son's mouth. Sirius dropped a kiss on the top of Remus's head as he stood up and went to join James. Alice turned her attention back to Lily. I can't believe we're going to lose you, Lily. Alice said, pouting. Remus looked around at Lily. They know? he asked. I gave notice. I'm all yours. Lily said, grinning. I'm sorry, Alice, but we're so happy to have her. Remus said, squeezing Lily's shoulder. 
Later, after they brought out the cake, Neville curled up in Frank's lap and Harry was sitting with Sirius. James and Lily looked at each other. So, we have an announcement. James said, taking Lily's hand. I'm pregnant. Lily said. Alice shrieked and hopped up to hug Lily. Sirius grinned widely at James and got up to hug him, with Harry between them. Remus got up too and exchanged hugs and kisses. Congratulations, mate. That's brilliant. Sirius said. Wow, Harry, you're going to be a big brother, he said, tickling Harry. Mommy has a baby in her belly. Harry said earnestly. Is that why you're leaving the Aurors? Frank wanted to know. Well, I kind of made the decision before I found out about the baby. Lily said, glancing at Remus and he grinned back at her. Alice and Frank gathered both kids and took their leave a little bit later. Two kids now, prongs. Sirius said to James. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. James said, holding his arm out to Lily, who slid onto his knee. Remus, you have to be godfather. Remus's eyes widened. Me? Really? Of course. Lily said. Tears sprang into Remus's eyes. I don't know what to say, he said, hiding his face a little. Sirius drew him close. You'll be splendid. Sirius said in his ear. Once at home, Sirius said. Remember what happened when Harry was born? Remus gave him a slow smile. I'll never forget it. What will happen when the new baby is born? It's not like we can get together, again. Remus pointed out. I mean, we weren't together together for several more months. Sirius said, wincing. He did not like to remember that brutal time during the war. It's true, Remus said, coming over and pressing soft kisses to Sirius's sharp jaw, then his cheek and nose. Sirius let his eyes slide closed as he leaned into Remus. I like things better now. I know how to love you now. Sirius murmured as Remus continued to kiss his facial features before Sirius moved to catch his lips and kiss him deeply. So does that make this our anniversary? Remus said, when they broke the kiss. How hopelessly romantic of us. Sirius chuckled. You know you're a romantic, Pads. Remus said, coming back for another kiss. Let's go upstairs. I'm not tired. Sirius started and Remus raised an eyebrow at him. He caught on and took Remus's hand. After you. It was very late that night when Remus remembered he needed to record his symptoms or lack thereof for Damocles that day. He was able to move without waking Sirius somehow and wrote down his notes for the day. On the full moon, he'd felt only slightly different but if he concentrated, he'd been aware of his human thoughts and feelings. It just wasn't that easy to concentrate when the wolf had other ideas. But it was a start. Damocles and Sirius were already at work tweaking the potion, and hopefully it would work better for the next full moon. Finite Thanks for listening to this text-to-speech podfic composed by Burning Aurora.